Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else in the world, whether you're human, animal, whatever, gender, whatever you want to call it. I, James, I have to say that. Welcome back to the Woody Allen <laughs> Retrospective <laughs> Podcast. We do Woody Adjacent where we talk about other films that aren't created by Woody Allen, but we somehow relate to them for some reason or whatever or whatever. I'm so tongue-tied today. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. As always, I've already alluded to my co-host, but I'm going to introduce him properly, goddammit. James Daniel Walsh is my co-host on this journey. Writer, director, uh, YouTuber, podcaster. What don't you do, James? Welcome back to the show. How you doing? You forgot Magnificent Lover. Well, that would be telling. How would I know? <laughs> That too many questions will come, and I'll get in trouble by my significant other. But hey, <laughs> if I'm missing it, then I, I guess so. That's hearsay. That's hearsay. Anyway, welcome, James. Thank you, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. We're coming to the end of the year. Another year of adjacent is coming to an end. But before we even get to all the pre-ramble, I always go to before we start recording. You actually sent me a link to a still from Woody Allen's newest movie. We don't do much Woody Allen talk, but let's just stop for one second and talk about Woody Allen and say, he's doing a French thriller upcoming for his next movie. Is that correct? That is correct. Now, I heard that this movie, the Woody Allen movie, is going to be in French, not English. Am I Am I wrong? That's the rumor. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> since all of his other movies have been in English and I'm English speaking and my French is uh, petite very <laughs> très petite so I don't know that's that's a very interesting I mean the actors he's working with obviously now are not any names because of all this other controversy stuff but I actually like what I saw you sent me the picture of the still I still don't know what to expect until I see a trailer but in terms of Woody Allen's thrillers they're not necessarily bad. Some of them I'm 50-50 on, obviously putting aside um, Match Point and Crimes and Misdemeanors. Not sure how I feel about this, but what, how do you feel about this upcoming movie? I mean, I'm excited for it because I think, you know, when, when Woody needed to reinvent himself, Match Point was what did it. It'll be interesting to see if he can do that again. It's been a while since he's done a thriller. Um, him doing it in French... It, I don't know if he speaks French, so it must be a little bit difficult to be an English-speaking director directing French actors who are speaking in French, but I'm sure if it wasn't for the fact that he couldn't get a movie made in America, the mo- the language would probably be English. Yeah. So, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that, but... I'm looking forward to hearing more about the movie, seeing the movie itself, but I just wanted to stop and bring light to that because I don't think we talk a lot about what Woody Allen's doing recently, even though you did say you read his recent book. Is that right? Yeah. Zero Gravity? Yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, it was good. I mean, he's still funny. Uh, he's still... He, it, it's funny. His, his wit doesn't age as poorly as some other people's does. I, mm. I still think he's very funny. Agreed. Agreed. So anyway, with that out of the way, let's continue on with the show and say that anyone who's been following the podcast, you know, we do these adjacent movies. And on the last discussion, we spoke about a movie name I'm about to butcher for the 19th time. 
Synecdoche, New York. Am I am I saying that right, James? That is correct. Wow. I actually, I'm going to give myself a round of applause for that. Okay, I'm going to stop that right now. So yeah, <laughs> we had a long discussion about that. A great movie that in some ways went over my head, but in, in other ways, I'm looking forward to watching again and again and again. If you're on uh, listening on the podcast, I'll put a link to go back to that discussion. We've got, you know, I think over 20 Woody Allen adjacent type movie discussions we've already had. And this one that we're choosing, well, well, James, you chose this movie. And I think you said that prior to you choosing this movie, you had never seen it before. Is that right? I watched it for the first time a few days ago. Okay, same here. So on that note, James, why don't you introduce the movie, tell us what it's about, and then we'll start talking about how we feel about the movie. The movie is called The Details from 2011, directed by Jacob Aaron, I hope I'm saying this right, Estes, starring Tobey Maguire, Elizabeth Banks, and Ray Liotta. And Kerry Washington. And Kerry Washington, and uh, Dennis Habert. Yeah. And Laura Liddy. It's a yes. great cast. Amazing cast. Amazing cast. I never, ever, ever heard about this movie. And um, on the previous discussion, I, I told you that Tobey Maguire does a lot of good movies. And I don't think he's an actor a lot of people follow. Because I don't hear, apart from Spider-Man, of course, I don't really hear anyone talk about some of the other movies he did. But fun fact, for this movie, and I was just reading some of the stuff on IMDb to kind of get a background on you know, the making of the movie, he actually wasn't the first choice for the main actor. Did you know that? I did not. It was James McAvoy. Huh. There was a scheduling conflict, so James couldn't do it, and then they got um, uh, Spider-Man to do it instead. So that would, that's interesting. And I would actually like to hear what you would think about the actor swap here. But putting that aside, let's dig right in. Great cast, as you said. How did you feel coming away from the movie, this movie, the details? I liked it quite a bit. I discovered it after Ray Liotta died. There was a lot of like clips that people took of Ray Liotta from movies that he'd done and uh, put them out there on YouTube. And that the scene on the bridge with Tobey Maguire was there. And I didn't know what it was from. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what that is. And the acting from Ray Liotta in that scene is so good that it made me curious to look into the movie and I saw uh, that I want to say the trailer or uh, one of the reviews compared it to a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. I thought, oh, all right, well, we're always on the lookout for those. Sure. So uh, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to go into one blind that neither one of us had seen or, or really heard of. And uh I liked it quite a bit. The The acting is all top-notch. I don't think there's a weak link in the cast. The writing is good. It reminds me most of Crimes and Misdemeanors, which that's my favorite Woody Allen movie. So mm. uh, that's that's a good thing uh, in my mind. It's it's not the, uh, the way that Crimes and Misdemeanors has the two different stories. Yeah. But this does a good job of blending comedy and uh, some pretty heavy, serious stuff. And I thought it did it really well. This might be a, another really short discussion from us because I can mirror pretty much everything you said, except for when the movie ended, I actually felt like something was missing and not from a story perspective. The story wrapped up to be pretty well, 
But I just felt like, I don't know, it was missing something. And so what I did was I started, I wanted to know what other people thought about this movie because, again, never heard of this movie. And I'm like, this is weird. Great cast, really good acting. A lot of the actors have done, well, most of the actors already celebrated prior to this movie. And one actress, well, I would say Laura Linney had blown up massively, even more so since this because of Ozark. The yeah. Netflix series everybody loves. I've seen all the Ozark. She's phenomenal in Ozark, and she's really good here. But I don't know what I. I just wanted to know what other people were saying, as I always do. I love to hear the opinions. And if you look on um, IMDb, it's okay. It's in the sixes, but on Rotten Tomatoes, it's below. It's it's not good. It's people are really not impressed with the movie, and most of the comments, the negative comments towards the movie, is just. They said it's like two different movies, a tonal shift. Again, it's a, a dark comedy on one hand, but a kind of gets really dramatic and intense in the second half as well. And I started to think, is that what's missing? Did it not gel together for me? And I think I I kind of agree. And um, here's the thing. Nothing was really done wrong here, but... When I think about when Woody Allen's kind of does this true, you've got these characters that are based in reality, and then there's a a, a a situation of morality, and Woody balances it with comedy. I think there's two or three films where he's done this, and even a film like Cassandra's Dream, for example, with um, was that Ian McGregor and um, I can't remember Colin Farrell and Colin Farrell. Again, another movie about a crime, and and I wouldn't even call that uh, that wasn't comedic at all. That was more of a drama. But in Crimes and Misdemeanors, Woody balanced it a bit better than I think this film does. But it really doesn't take anything away from this movie um, because I felt like the acting was great. Everyone delivered, fired on all cylinders. And that scene you mentioned in the beginning with Radio, oh, I actually got a clip for that, which I'll play later. Yeah, I, I watched this with my girl and we were just like, wow. And I will say, before I let you jump in, James, I don't think I've seen Tobey Maguire that emotional in any movie. Yeah. You know, that last scene at the end where him and uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, uh, Banks. Elizabeth Banks just go for it. Great acting. That and the Radio are seen. It really can make the movie. So I, I'm I'm a little bit more perplexed why this movie is slanted so much because even though I feel like maybe something's missing, I don't really have a complaint for the movie. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Compare it to Crimes and Misdemeanors and it comes up short. But Crimes and Misdemeanors is a masterpiece. I mean, the first time I watched it with an ex-girlfriend who did not like Woody Allen at all, about halfway through the movie, she turned and looked at me and she said, this is a fucking masterpiece. And this is not that. The details is not that. Mm. It is, however... See, there's a term that I don't I don't like, but I, I deal with a lot uh, as a writer, which is uh, a hybrid story. Yeah. Which agents, producers, publishers do not like at all. They like to know, like, in a bookstore, what shelf does the book go on? It's not a comedy, but it's very, very funny. It's not a drama, 
but it's very, very dramatic. Yeah. Uh, it's not a thriller, but it has uh, the, the elements of a thriller. This is a hybrid story, and I like hybrid stories. I like stories that um, don't just fit into a box. Mm. And, you know, I mean, the, the character, to me, the, the, the standout of the movie might have been Laura Linney. Because she is so sad in the movie, but she made me laugh so much Yeah, that it was a great contrast. It was great to, you know, you kind of pity her, you feel bad for her, you definitely feel bad for what ends up happening to her. But the scene where she, you know, ends up seducing Tobey Maguire and they have sex, I was laughing through that entire thing because of her. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't mind the tonal shifts. I don't mind the, uh, you know, sometimes they don't work. Sometimes it's very jarring in certain movies where, you know, mm. you're like, what am I supposed to be feeling here? But this movie, I think, does a pretty good job of letting you know moment to moment, this is what you're supposed to be feeling and, and taking you on that roller coaster ride and saying, uh, you know, this isn't going to be... Uh, uh, this, this, this scene's going to make you laugh. Uh, but by the end of it, you're going to feel bad that you laughed. Yeah. So I like that. It's, it takes guts to make a movie I, like that. I think that's most people's complaints was they felt it just wasn't a smooth tonal shift. You can see, you know, Tobey Maguire's having this problem with the garden and the extension and Laura Linney's just this annoying neighbor that he's trying to placate and, uh, you know, why kind of, you know, and it just seems, I feel like I'm even, when I came away from the movie, I actually thought this is a fine movie. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't love it, but it's good. It did everything it was meant to do. I actually wish I just loved it more. I'm like, why don't I like this movie more than I do? Because there's nothing wrong with it. And that's why I, I'm even now thinking, why don't I feel as much passion for this movie? Why isn't this movie great? Why is this movie seem to be not spoken about? kind of hated on one side and again i'm again focusing on the just the negative things people are saying and the mishmash don't work sure there's other movies that deal with a comical scene and then they have a dark undertone to it a really dark undertone that i think marries them a bit better than this but the actors pull it off and actually i think that's what really i think this movie is very comical in that dark way but then when those scenes happen where the characters, you know, really go for it, really are rest in peace. He just, he died this May, you know, he's done a lot of great movies apart from Goodfellas. He's done a lot of great movies. I really enjoy. And um, I'm going to play the clip. And again, I've tried to avoid spoilers, even though me and James have mentioned one or two things. We're avoiding the major spoilers here. And even with this clip, we're really, really us going for it. I kind of edged out what he's talking about. And yeah, James, I'm not surprised that you saw this clip and thought, I need to check out this movie. So listeners, check out this clip and then we'll be back. You know, when I discovered what you did, I was going to kill you. But then I remembered, I'm not that kind of man. I'm the kind of man who makes a mistake and then makes amends. I'm the kind of man who got into a drunk driving accident and nearly killed a kid. But did I get some fancy pants lawyer to get me off scot-free because I was just below the legal limit? Uh-uh. I prayed for forgiveness. 
and I pled guilty. And when the judge ordered me to pay a million dollars to the kid's family and he sent me to jail for a month, did I stop there? No. I started helping people, volunteering, philanthropy. Because that's the kind of guy I am. You may wish you're that kind of man, but you're not. You wrecked my home. And I can just as easily wreck yours with one phone call. But I don't need to do that because you're the kind of guy who's gonna fuck it all up himself. Yeah, I mean, just watching that performance, not just the words, but ah, ah, rest in peace, really. What a great, what a great performance, man. And I think that might be one of the last times you see him in the movie. But yeah, I was like, wow. It's so ironic that you picked this up when he passed away this year. So yeah, that's, he did really well. Yeah, no, I, I think that seemed the best scene in the movie. And I guess we haven't, we haven't really talked about what the movie's about. Oh yeah, we haven't. <laughs> My you bad. Know, uh, Toby McGuire plays a, a, a doctor. Uh, what is he? A, a gynecologist. Gynecologist. And, uh, you know, he's he's an okay guy. Like, he's you don't think too much of him as far as him being a, a complete piece of shit. He and, he's married to Elizabeth Banks. They sort of get along. Um, they have a young son. And uh, he just keeps screwing up. He just keeps doing things that get him in deeper. And I don't want, I, again, you're right. I don't want to give too much away. But... Mm. Uh, he's, he, like, like, uh, Ray Liotta says in that scene, he's the kind of guy who's going to fuck up his life and he just can't help himself. And, but he, it's not in a completely, um, like I never, I never looked at him as a villain. Um, I looked at him very much the way that I looked at Martin Landau in Crimes and Misdemeanors. He is he, he could so easily go either way. He could be a really good guy and he does some really good things in the movie. Yeah. But you get the feeling he's doing them out of guilt. He's trying to ease his conscience. He's trying to maybe prove Ray Liotta wrong. Um, and Toby McGuire plays it great. And I think, it, you know, this word, like if it had been James McAvoy, James mm. McAvoy is a little bit of a darker actor. Hmm. And you might have just started to hate him. I never mm-hmm. hated Tobey Maguire in this movie. I felt like he was a pretty typical person who at any point can go the right way or the wrong way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, I was just very impressed with all of the performances. I like, I, I don't usually like Elizabeth Banks in things, but I thought she was she was really good here. And like I said, Laura Liddy stands out. I think Gary Washington was great in it. I don't think there's a, there's much of a choice to make. If you, you know, do I sleep with Gary Washington? Or not? <laughs> You're damn right, buddy. You're damn right. <laughs> I think that's just a thing where you go, oh, yeah, all right, this is happening. Roll the dice. 
you know what? Since since you brought that up, I'm gonna go back. Did you ever watch that movie with Chris Rock? I think I love my wife. I want to say I did, but I don't remember very well. He was in the same situation. Chris Rock had the chance to be with Kerry Washington, and he completely passed on it, which I felt like was absolutely unbelievable. I was like, oh my god, it ruined the movie for me. But I know that wasn't a point in the movie, and I'm going completely off on a tangent, but. <laughs> You can't say no to Kerry Washington. I'm sorry. Completely unbelievable. But I will say, uh, again, being a little bit negative, I guess, I felt Kerry Washington and um, Elizabeth Banks were kind of minimised this movie. And when I say minimised, when I saw them on the billing for this movie, I thought, these two, man, damn, they do a lot of movies, especially Kerry Washington. They're not in it that much. They really aren't. Now, a lot of people were saying in the, uh, the reviews I saw that um, Elizabeth, Bank is, Elizabeth Banks is just playing the wife. And to my surprise, through most of the movies, she kind of was. I'm like, is this all you're doing? Until the last 10 to 15 minutes where she delivers a great scene, a really, really fucking great scene with Tobey Maguire, which I'm like, okay, this is why you did this movie because this scene is great. Yeah. Absolutely great great performance by both of them but yeah i was a little bit disappointed that they had in my mind a few not as much screen time carrie washington especially i mean she's only in a couple scenes i never liked that argument of um like somebody oh they're just playing the wife like i remember when um the irishman came out the scorsese movie yeah and there was all this controversy over the fact that anna Paquin was in it but she has like two lines and I'm like, the movie's not about Anna Paquin. You know, she's not the main character. She's not even one of the more important characters. I think the movie, this movie is very much a character study on Tobey Maguire. Mm, so yeah. Elizabeth Banks not having much to do until, like you said, the end. It's like, well, the movie's not really about her. It's about him. Yeah. Uh, if the movie had been about her, then I would have expected Tobey Maguire to have less screen time. Mm. Kerry Washington kind of disappears from the movie at a certain point, which does make sense in the plot, but you know, it would have been nice to see more of her. Well, I, funny enough, it does make sense in the plot, but how the radio thing, obviously when they have the affair, I mean, she told him real quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, you told him real quick, man. But it seems like they were having troubles in relationship as well. So you never, you never saw how that came about, you know, and, he did leave his coat there, so, you know, I guess. And, you know, he, she, she could have lied. I mean, yeah. it's not like Ray Liotta didn't know that she and Tobey Maguire were friends, so if he found, you know, Tobey Maguire's coat, you'd be like, yeah, he came over. I just want to say for the record, I'm nitpicking, because honestly, I I, I, I didn't really have a problem with this movie at all. I, I feel like I'm kind of grasping at shorts, because I came away thinking, you know... You know what, actually, let's go into what we... Actually, this is a good point to talk about the Woody Allen effect. If Woody Allen did do this movie, how different would it be? In you, you, I'll let you go first, in your opinion. Well, Tobey Maguire would have definitely been doing the uh, the more nervous, yeah. nebbish kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, I, I could definitely see that character being the Woody stand-in in the movie. I don't think it would be that different do you know what i think woody would have done differently hmm. i don't think laura linney's character would have been so obnoxious and annoying 
I think she would have been more of a law to him. Like she would have been just someone he, you know, maybe I would sleep with her. I don't think she would have been so outwardly repulsive because that yeah. was a bit, you know, that was a bit over the top. I'm like, okay, I know she's crazy, but my God, they really make her look wild, act wild. And only when, you know, the little, I wouldn't even call it a seduction. She kind of blackmails him. No, I don't think he wanted to sleep with her. He wanted to get the hell out of there, but he gave in both because he's, you know, he was trying to keep a secret that she knew about and because he is kind of a scumbag and yeah. he did end up getting into it. So, I mean, based on the other kind of thrillers Woody Allen's done, you know, the character who kind of steps out usually is stepping out on his own accord because he wants to, not because he's been kind of trapped. I think that might have been the main thing Woody Allen might have changed, made her not so repulsive, more as his own fault that he decides to, you know, which I'm not going to spoil, resolve in whatever way he decides to resolve it, yeah. you know? But again, if, if he did do that, then he is just repeating things he's done in the past. But I just feel like, you know, Woody Allen does seem to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think you might not have gotten the Ray Liotta character having that scene if Woody Definitely did it. Definitely not, yeah. Um, I think Woody probably would have played that character much different and mm. maybe more comical, which would have been a detriment because Ray Liotta, that scene, that scene, like th this movie, it came and went. I'd never heard of it until yeah. a few months ago. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it right now. The box office was $63,000. So it made nothing. But that scene alone, that's, that's a, that's an Oscar clip. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I don't know if this was ever submitted for anything for uh, consideration, but I don't see how based on that scene alone, he wouldn't have. And it's, it's great because, you know, he is genuinely menacing up to that point. Yeah. Like, I mean, he has a, a line that he says to Toby McGuire when Toby McGuire goes to his office about what he wants to do to his wife and to his son. And, you're like, wow, this guy is, I mean, you know, that's probably going over the line right there. But what you figure out is, okay, he's taking it. He's trying to scare Tobey Maguire. He's trying to really scare the shit out of him. Trying to actually make him do the right thing. Trying to make him confess what he did. And uh, to be a, a stand-up, honorable guy. And... When Tobey Maguire doesn't do that, you know, he just sort of, that's when he, he, you know, he stops menacing him and he's just sort of like, I'm not the kind of guy who would do this. I'm not the kind of guy who would ruin your life the way you ruined mine. Do you know what? There's one thing I'm not sure if I bought. Now, because we've already spoken about the infidelity part and not the other part, which we won't really talk about. I wasn't sure if I got the love Tobey Maguire had for Elizabeth Banks because the one thing he decided really or gives him a choice about either you tell her or you pay up. Yeah. And then he decides to pay up. Now here's the thing. I'm like, you know, it shows that he, he cares about his situation, his family life, his reputation so much. He's willing to pay this money. And then later when him and Elizabeth Banks have their like final big scene at the end, you know, and they talk about how they love each other and stuff. I'm like, I don't know 
if in this movie I I saw the love, I saw a lot of frustration, I saw that they built a life together, but I guess between them I didn't feel a big romance. So that was kind of like I'm not sure if I buy it, and it did make Radio's speech actually more powerful because uh-huh. he said, you know, you should do the right thing, and you're just a fuck up and all that. And I, I just kind of thought with these things, when someone blackmails you and you try to pay them off, what's to stop them from doing it again? I mean, is this guy, is this really smart? Yeah, oh, Tobey Maguire's an idiot in the movie. I mean, again, the only smart thing he does is he sleeps with Kerry Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I know I should play the boo for that. I should play boo. No, I won't, because I, I completely agree with you. You see, this is men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but keep going, man. <laughs> I think that that speech it's it's that's a i think a good twist in it is that speech that ray leona gives does inspire toby mcguire to try to be a better man yeah but it feels like he's trying to buy his way into being 100 yeah 100 and then even that goes horribly wrong yeah. which is great which is which again really was a refreshing i didn't know where this movie was going but after that really a point it does and he tries to buy his redemption and it just turns into something else. Obviously that's the shining point of the whole movie. We're, we're not trying not to spoil, but, um, but yeah, man. And the ending, the way it wraps up, in my opinion, that's what Woody Allen excels at. That sometimes things happen, good things, very bad things. And you know what? Life goes on, you know? And that's like, you know what? That's the truth, isn't it? That's the, this ain't always going to be a Hollywood ending. This ain't always going to be, everything's tied up in a rosy bow bad shit happens people do really bad things and you know they get away with it sometimes yeah. and that's fine i mean that's just life and it's it's been a long time since i've seen a movie that explores that you know and i don't again it's a bit if you look at all the pieces of this movie it's a bit implausible because there's things on top of things on you know plots on top of top plots on top of plots until the penultimate ending it might be a bit preposterous, but you know, in individually, these things can happen, even in the most horrendous situations. And then, you know, life just goes on, which is honestly a good a good idea for a movie. Which is why I thought, you know what, this is this is good. Yeah, and it's I really like the you know, Crimes and Misdemeanors does this, and this movie does this both really well. Which is that you could do one really horrible thing in your life and the rest of the time be a fairly good guy you know i mean martin landau's character in in crimes and misdemeanors he's a philanthropist he's a good husband a good father uh lots of friends everybody likes him and then he does the most horrible awful thing imaginable and then he goes on being a good guy and it's this one thing. And, you know, if you know that one thing about him, then you say, he's a horrible human being. But if you didn't, you would just say, oh, you know, look at this great guy, this great doctor who helps everybody. And that's Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire, by the end of this movie, everybody thinks that he's like the greatest guy in the world and nobody has any idea yeah. the terrible things he's done. Yeah. And I guess the, both movies ask the question, does this one terrible thing or a couple of terrible things completely negate the good 
that somebody can do. You know, whether it's, I mean, both, I think it's no coincidence that both Martin Landau and Tobey Maguire play doctors in those two movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, we look at doctors as healers. We look at them as, uh, you know, people who take care of us, people who are generous, um, but they're human beings and yeah. they can make mistakes too. And so, yeah, it's, it's complex. And I think that the bad reviews might've been like, well, the movie wasn't telling me what to think. I need the movie to tell me what to think. And it's well, not every movie is going to tell you what to think. Sometimes they're going to leave it up to you. And I could totally see somebody watching this movie and saying, Toby Maguire is the biggest piece of shit ever. Or watching the movie and going, he just made some mistakes. He got in over his head, but he seems like a good guy. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the letter. I'm in the letter, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that he's a, a coward. That's his. That's really his biggest failing in the movie is that he's a coward and you know i think that actually is probably martin landau's biggest fa- if martin landau had just fessed up to having that affair with angelica houston and crimes and misdemeanors he could have avoided all of that and and toby mcguire could have avoided all of it and it, in, in this movie it's actually more understandable you know him him well, him sleeping with carrie washington is very understandable but <laughs> Um, it's also they're friends. They've been friends for years. One thing led to another. Like it, it actually seemed like it came about fairly innocently. And she was actually more the aggressor. 100%. So he could have said to his wife, okay, my friend and I, we, we slept together. I'm very sorry. I didn't mean for it to happen. You know, and then just accepted whatever the consequences would be. And instead, he just piled on and piled on and piled on all these lies. And, you know, and in the end, you know, it might be unsatisfying for some people to contemplate the idea that you could do that and literally face no consequences. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's a 46% um, critic score, 34% audience. I am really shocked. I think this is a very, very harsh, harsh, negative, slanted review, and I think it's unjust. And listen, James, I could drag this discussion out and talk about the the second half element that we're not talking about, but I don't want to spoil this for anyone because honestly, with all the actors involved, the delivery of um, the story, the drama, I would say, in my opinion, this is the definition of a hidden gem. To me, this movie is a hidden gem. It's not like going to blow your mind, but all the actors do exactly what they're meant to do. Do the story. It's fun. It's funny. It's dark. You know, it might you might feel a tiny bit of whiplash. You know, that, that's what everyone's complaining about. I don't really see it. I felt, I don't know what I felt was missing from it, but when it was done, I was like, you know, I get it. I get the message. I get the story. The acting was good. And there's nothing else to say except for... I would definitely recommend this movie. And I would say, actually, what this movie reminds me of is back in the early 2000s, I would go into, you know, the rental store and I would just see a movie with a title with all these actors, be pleasantly surprised. And James, this is one of them times. It hasn't happened in a long time. And this is, for me, that movie. And that's why I don't want to get into any major spoilers. I'll play one more clip in a minute. But yeah, yeah, this honestly is a hidden surprise for me. 
the good old days when you'd go to the video store and just pick something at random. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I, it didn't blow my mind, but it is a very solid movie and it deserves a better reputation. And I, I looked it up at least here in the United States. The only streaming service it's on is Roku. Um, so it's, it's going to be a little bit hard for people to find. You might have to either, you know, download it on Amazon or, uh, Mm. or, uh, uh, buy the DVD, but I would absolutely say, seek it out. It's it's very, very enjoyable movie. 100%. And on that note, I want to play one more clip, which again, I've just edited out all the spoilery things. And this is Elizabeth Banks on the last the big scene and I will actually even though I love the radio scene this scene just blew me away I love this scene and honestly I could see them in rehearsals doing this bit again and again and again so I'm just going to play a little bit it's out of context and you won't know what they're talking about but Elizabeth Banks I can tell this is the reason why she jumped in this movie Uh, this is real this really fucking happened Oh my God, Jeff! Jesus! Jesus! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! for a piano to fall from the sky and crush me. Prison. You leave me. I'll just leave it there. So we want to, I'm going to leave it on the suspenseful note. If you want to know what the hell that's about, <laughs> check out 2011's The Details of Tobey Maguire, Elizabeth Banks, Ray Lee, R. Kerry Washington, you know, firing on all cylinders, and yeah, I honestly got nothing else to say personally. No, it's just a it's just a really solid little movie that really deserves better. It does. So guys, you should really check that one out. Um I know this discussion was a little bit short, but guess what? We got a little surprise for you that I told James about before we even did this recording. Next month, December 2022, we're going to give you two reviews two movies we're going to do two for one that is going to be your gift now one of the movies you know one of the most celebrated iconic rom-coms of all time when harry met sally people have asked us to talk about it we're going to be talking about that next month but also a movie that i haven't seen just like this the details james i haven't seen this movie never heard of it before it's an older movie 1970s Alex in Wonderland. This is a movie that was requested by us to check out by the Woody Allen subreddit. And, you know, I I looked at it. I watched the trailer. 
I'm like, this film is weird. It looks weird. It looks a bit off, but honestly, it looks like it's going to be a great discussion. So next month, you get a two for one, even though this month was a little bit short. And if you've seen the date, if you've seen this movie, the details we just spoke about, why don't you leave us a comment in the comment section down below? But James, how do you feel about the two for one next month? I can't believe we haven't done When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> that, that feels like, uh, I think I think I, I asked you about it once and you said, it's just so obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's low hanging fruit. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're creating content, right? And I haven't seen When Harry Met Sally for probably about 15 years. So it'll be interesting to come with it with new eyes and, you know, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, uh, yeah, it should, you know, I, I actually want to, I'm actually interested to see what I think about it now. I remember it being a good movie, and obviously we know about the, the cafe scene. It's probably the most iconic scene. In It's one of the most iconic scenes in movie history, you know, in yeah. my opinion. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot to mine. But when it comes to Alex in Wonderland, I have no fucking clue what is I'd never, never heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, but Alex in Wonderland is streaming on Amazon Prime. So if you, do, if you have a Prime membership, you can see it on there. That's how I saw it. That's how James is going to see it. So we're going to be talking about that next time. Uh, James, you actually released a book between the time we did the last one and this one. Why don't you tell us? I'm going to, I want to give you a spotlight to shine that. And then, you know, we'll wrap up the podcast after that. What's, what's your new book about? Uh, my new book, which you can find on Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble, is called Don Giovanni, a novel. It is uh, based on the the opera by Mozart, uh, which is in turn based on the story of Don Juan. That's, I me. Have... That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. We're going. Sorry, James. <laughs> well, the thing is, is the the way everybody knows Don Juan is Don Juan is this, uh, you know, the most romantic, seductive yeah. guy. Yeah. I don't know how that ended up becoming what people thought of it because he, that is not the story <laughs> at all. Um, no, but I have updated it to uh, 1974 Los Angeles mm. and uh, set it in the world of the mafia. Ooh. So this is, as I was alluding to earlier, what agents and people dismissively describe as a hybrid novel because the opera has supernatural elements to it mm. and so does the book so while it is primarily a gangster story there will also be the occasional you know supernatural thing that happens in it i think that that's interesting like i said about you know the details i think that uh things that that can shift tones and uh, not just stick to one particular formula are interesting and uh uh, the the novel is uh, you can't argue with the story because the story has been told for hundreds of years. Mm. Whether or not I brought an interesting twist to it would be up to the reader, but I hope that uh, everybody checks it out. Excellent. So the link to the book will be in the description. I put actually on the last episode, I already put the link in there, but I just wanted to highlight that because you know James is a great writer. I've read one of his books um, and I liked it as well. 
Um, the only thing, and I keep going on about James about this, we need James to just get on the audiobook train. And I know you said pre- previously you wanted to do like a full cast, and that's great and high. I think that's a very, I wouldn't even call it a high concept. It's just, it's a lot of work. I wish you would just get one narrator of your choice to do it, whether it's yourself or someone you would hire. And I'll talk to you about that off mic, but honestly, I drink audiobooks all the time, even books from people I don't even know. So uh, it's going to be my job to force James to get an audiobook out <laughs> of this book because it sounds interesting. I really do like the idea of mixing genres and having a hybrid book. It re- you really got me thinking. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to promote the book. I hope one day you get an audiobook. Uh, version of it out there and if and when you do i'll be promoting that as well james so yeah we're more than happy to highlight your work well i appreciate that not a problem on that note other than the book where can people find you if they want to get in contact with you directly well my other books are available on amazon and you can find me and uh and some and content from don and content from other creators on the manic expression youtube channel Yes, and actually, let me give it a proper push. The Manic Expression YouTube channel is, which I'm a part of, is a collection of creators putting content out. We've got the YouTube channel, which I'll link also. We've got a, we've basically got a, a link tree link, which is one link where you'll see all of the links to everything we're doing. James's books, YouTube channel, my Twitter, all that stuff, all in one place. So we really appreciate the support for that. Check out the YouTube channel, Manic Expression. And uh, yeah, please, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy what we do, leave us a review wherever you hear the podcast. If you listen to it on Amazon, I know every single platform now got their own audio section. Spotify's got one. Amazon's got one. Audible's got one. Every platform has got a podcast section now. So before, when when I used to ask people to review on iTunes, people say to me, I don't listen to it on iTunes. I listen to it on Spotify. Fine. Review it wherever you hear it. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your mum's basement. I don't know. Review it there. <laughs> I, I do have uh, one more thing to plug. Go ahead. Uh, before I forget is uh, one of the members of the Manic Expression YouTube channel, uh, Carly, who was running our social media. Carly's going through a hard time right now. She's going through chemotherapy. And uh, those doctor bills are really adding up. And yeah. she's got a GoFundMe campaign going. So uh, we'll link below yeah. uh, to promote that. And I, I, if, if you have to choose between buying my book and donating to Carly, I would prefer that you donate to Carly. Just stick my book on your Amazon wish list and worry about that another time. That's really noble, James. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for shouting it out. I will definitely put the GoFundMe for Carly's um, medical um, effort in the description as well. But... We're all done now. We've put out all the plugs. We thank you for listening. And don't forget, next month you're getting two for one. I might drop... Well, it depends on when we record it. You might get one early December and after Christmas. I think that's I think that's what I'll try to do. But we'll see. It really depends on when we record the two. But, you know, if you subscribe to the podcast feed, you'll get it as soon as it's uploaded. So on that note, uh, everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you have a good rest of your day. And uh, yeah, man, let's get through the end of this year peacefully and, uh, you know, stay warm and cozy and we'll see you on the next episode.